0: Well, come on church, let's give those families one more hand. Man, so grateful that you stood up here and just dedicating those children. It's something that we value here in our church as the next generation in every way. Excited to share God's Word with you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16 is where we're going to be in just a moment. As we kick off our Light the World campaign, we've been in this for a few weeks now. Pastor Austin killed the sermon last week. Come on, somebody. Let's encourage him. And his wife said, "Woo!" That's awesome, that's awesome. We're so grateful for that sermon and just what God spoke, uh, ministered to me. I'm so grateful for his faithfulness to that text and being able to share that with us. As we're in the Light the World campaign, what this is, uh, it's, it's not only just the whole idea of that We want to be the light unto the world, but we believe that God's called us to be light. But He's also given us a piece of land and a building to be a light to the city on UTSA Boulevard. And so we are in a fundraising campaign, believing God's going to provide for that building. And our big gift Sunday will be on November twelfth with our commitments. As you're praying about what you can do over the next two years, and uh, and you may have gotten a pledge card the last couple weeks. They're at our. on the way out pick that up pray about it see what God would have you do as we're believing God to build a building to be a light to the city if you would stand with me as we read God's word this morning in Matthew chapter 5 I'll be reading from the NIV version today which I don't typically do Uh, we typically are in the English standard version but I like I like how this reads for us this morning and and I think you will as well hopefully and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray, church. Father, we just thank you for your word. Jesus, these few verses that you spoke on the sermon on the mounts, as you were speaking to the crowd and the disciples, some applicable language for us even today, and I pray, God, that it would not land on deaf ears, but I pray, Jesus, that you would give us ears to hear. Eyes to see illuminate this scripture to us in a great way God we came today because we we wanted you we came today because we need an encounter with the living God and so Lord Jesus if you don't show up it's pointless and so Holy Spirit thank you for encountering us this morning reveal your truth in a great way in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen. give your neighbor a high five as you are seated this morning Man, I am excited for this text. We are excited for everything that's happening. Our trunk or treat this evening, already trunks are being decorated. People are thinking about what all the people that they're going to invite. Thank you for doing that. We're so grateful uh, just how you have done that. As we are in this few verses over the next few weeks, I wanted to highlight verse 15 for us this morning. Verse 15. And the title of the sermon would be called Lamp Undercover," Lamp Uncovered, I'm sorry. Lamp Uncovered, Lamp Uncovered. So somebody say that with me, Lamp Uncovered. I need some help this morning. You know, as we're talking about this verse and we're talking about this passage, the tendency for life and all of life is to, to have this propensity to be dependent on no one. You know what I'm talking about, where maybe you grew up and you were dependent on some people in your life. Maybe it was your mother, your father, maybe it was a group of friends or coworkers. And then life hits you, and when life hits you, you find that there's disappointment when you put so much trust and so much dependency on other people. Has anybody this morning been hit by life? Maybe you've been hit by life in in different ways. Maybe it was a direct hit. Maybe it was an indirect hit. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes you didn't see that one coming. You weren't directly in the crossfires, but you were a byproduct of somebody being disobedient or somebody stepping out of themselves. And here you are now in survival mode. How many of you know that that survival mode is sometimes the only way to go in life? It's just going to be me. I'm going to be dependent on no one. It's just going to be me. And I build a whole world around my dependency and the things that i can control and grasp and if anything gets outside of that i'm going to let it go because i won't be able to affect that area dependent on no one you see this verse oftentimes moves us into a place of being dependent on no one a bowl or a vessel or a basket Putting over a light puts this moment of your world and dependency in you. I don't want to shine my light to anybody else, to anyone else, because I am dependent all myself and other people will disappoint me now we're looking at the scripture and as we do you know this scripture is sometimes a little elementary right it's so obvious of course you wouldn't put a light under a basket that wouldn't make sense it means that the light would be diminished the light would not have the same effect as it should otherwise it could also actually make the lamp go out for taking out all the oxygen and so it wouldn't last long this is obvious pastor ben and that's why it is a point that says that captain obvious is in the room captain obvious there are things in scripture that are so obvious to everyone else but when you look at your own life it may not be the awareness that you thought of you see, the truth is, no one's fully self-aware. Isn't it amazing how everybody else can point out your flaws, but you can't point out your own? It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm all good in the neighborhood. I'm all good. It's like there's, there's, nobody can point out anything. I'm okay. But when somebody starts poking you or pointing things out, it's so obvious to everybody else. And the thing about a lamp and a light that's shining is that sometimes we don't even know that we're putting a bowl over it. Sometimes we don't even realize we wake up one day and our lights that we have was shining so bright in the world, but it ended up falling to the bottom shelf. It ended up coming to a place where it wasn't as illuminated as it once was. It wasn't as bright. And it doesn't just happen in a moment oftentimes. Sometimes it does. Sometimes there's a catastrophic event that happens in your life and you go hide that light as quickly as possible. But more often than not, it's a slow getting to the bottom shelf. But how many you know that our light was not meant to be on the bottom shelf, but it was a top shelf life? You may like some top shelf things in the room. You, you walk into certain places and you look up and you like the top shelf, the expensive shelf, the stuff that's going to cost a lot of money because the bottom shelf is so easily acceptable, accessible, used a lot, but the top shelf stuff really stands out. It's of higher value. It makes a greater impact. We put all sorts of things on the top shelf. Some of you may put certain types of drinks on the top shelf. No judgment here. Praise God. Some of you may put some China that you inherited from your grandmother or grandfather and you put that on the top shelf. Some of you may put the items that you don't want broken when all the toddlers come visit your house on the top shelf. The top shelf is where the value is, but it's also the place that can be seen by everybody in the room. And the truth is, is God has called us to not move, uh, not have our light on the bottom shelf, but he wants it to be on the top shelf. What is it? That's come across our life. What is it that's come across your life, my life? What is it that's kept us from taking our light on the top shelf? And what has made us place it into the bottom shelf? I've been asking this question this week. Lord, what is it? What would it be? Why would somebody hide their light? It's so obvious that we should be shining. It's so obvious that we should be bright, that people should see what we're about who we represent for the glory of God. It's so obvious. So why would people hide it? And I find that oftentimes people hide their light is because they don't value their worth. They don't value their worth. We may not find ourselves as valuable or deem ourselves as valuable as you really are. It happens all the time. You move something from importance to down here. And oftentimes what that is, is us. I can't shine my light because I've made some mistakes. I've messed up. I have a scarlet letter. You don't know my life, Pastor. I want to shine my light, but if you only knew... And this is what I love because this is what everyone says. And I say it sometimes as well. If you only knew what I really did. If you only knew the mistakes that I made. If you only knew how short from perfection that I really am. You wouldn't want me up there, pastor. You wouldn't want me to shine the light. In fact, could you shine the light for me? Oftentimes we try to relegate our light shining to pastors and leaders and other people because they're the professionals. But God said, You are the light of the world. And that you is a general you talking to the entire crowd, saying that you are the light of the world. You are the ones who shine. Let your lamp be known and seen so the room would be illuminated. But I made mistakes. But I've fallen short. But I've messed up. But I don't know enough. Maybe it's not a worthy of your identity, but it's a worthiness of your intellect and your mind. How could I shine the light in my workplace? How could I shine the light in the world? How could I shine a light in my friend circle? Because, pastor, I really don't know that much. This oftentimes disqualifies us from living out the gospel as we're called to live out the gospel. But how many of you know that it's not your accolades? It's not what you've done. It's not how much you know. It's not how articulate you are. But the whole idea is that you are called. You are called to shine the light. He has dubbed you the one who is called to shine the light to all the world. And a lot of scholars would say this. That you are not necessarily the, the light bulb. You're not necessarily that, but you're merely the window in the house. You're the window in which the light shines through. And it is actually how God works, is that he begins to shine in you, and then he moves through you. Isn't this the gospel? Isn't this what we've been proclaiming, is that Jesus wants to do a work in you and through you to make a difference in this world. And that's so amazing that we are just windows. Everybody say, I'm a window. I am a window meant for the light of God to shine through so that others may see that I don't have to do a lot to be a window. I just have to let light shine. I just have to let it come through me. I just have to embrace God and His goodness. But how many know some of us have some dirty windows? Pastor, my windows are cracked, they're chipped. My windows are so bad, they're old windows. Will just bought a house and he's complaining about his windows. They're old windows, like man, you know they're single pane window. I mean, not just light shines through there, like heat, everything, noise, sound, my neighbors' dogs, everything comes through those windows. Some of us, truth be told, we do have some dirty windows. We 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 have some fog on the windows. We have some things like that, and so the truth of the matter is how do we move to a place of saying that God we need you we need to shine you shine through us it's when we move into this place of being unworthy feeling unworthy feeling uncalled not feeling known that we actually find ourselves man the window's a little dirty and you need to just clean that window and the cleanliness of a window is the grace of God in your life the grace of God that moves in your life and says, hey, son, daughter, I got your window. I got it clean. Now go shine. Every day that God makes a window, he makes it clean and he makes it available and he makes it so that light can shine through it. It is by the grace of God through faith that, that God moves in a mighty way so that your light can shine. Grace every day. Grace every day. God's grace, His goodness, His faithfulness, His gift, that His, new, His mercies are new every morning is what the Bible would say. That means you messed up last night. Guess what? Tomorrow's coming. His mercies are waiting at the foot of your bed as you wake up and you get out. He's waiting for you just to receive all that he's done. He's saying every morning, hey, hey, don't put yourself on the lower shelf. Hey, I've called you to be a light to put on the stand so that the whole room can see. I've called you and I want to move in you and through you because light is meant to shine for the glory of God. Grace, grace. I remember being in high school and falling into the same pattern of sin. Have you ever fell, fell into the same pattern of sin over and over and over? And you promise, hey, tomorrow's gonna be different. Tomorrow, I'm gonna change. Tomorrow's gonna be a new day. You start professing scripture, believing God, believing it's gonna be new, and then you fall again. I was so comforted by Proverbs twenty-four sixteen. It says this, for the righteous fall seven times they fall seven times and rises again but the wicked stumble in times of calamity proverbs is this whole idea that seven times we fall but how many days are in the week seven it's incredible this verse the proverbial truth is this i'm gonna fall today but guess what i get another day And it's those who are in Christ, those who are in Jesus saying, I'm going to wake up one more day. I'm going to wake up one more time. It's a new day. His grace is coming so that I may shine, so that we may shine. This is what God wants for us. Instead, verse 15, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house that everybody in the house begins to see this light. It illuminates the room, the house here. The Greek word is oikos. It's the household. It's the community. It's the people you're doing life with that you, Luminous Church, are meant to shine so that those you affect and do life with may see the good works of God and give glory to God. This is what Jesus wants for us, Luminous. This is what he's asked us to do. And we have to be a people who are desperate to shine and find the lost. You know what I love about about lights is this whole analogy that Jesus is speaking on the Sermon Mount. is a, a town built on a hill, a city built on a hill. I love that it's not just a person built on a hill. It's not an individual light. It's not this individual moment. But it's this whole community that's built on a hill, all shining lights. And have you ever been skiing, snowboarding, been to the mountains? Somebody? Okay. Three. When you're you're in the mountains, it's incredible because... What happens oftentimes is the the peaks will overshadow the moonlight and the stars in certain places as you're in the valley and you're driving around, and and it feels so dark, incredibly dark. But when you go skiing, it's incredible because when you go over the ridge and you move into a community, on the hillside, all you see is specks of light, and as I'm skiing, it's one of the most fun things in the world to do. And you see all the glimmers of light. You say, man, I can't wait. There it is. That's where we're going to go skiing. That's where we're going to go. It's going to be awesome. It's mesmerizing when you see all these lights in, the, in, this, in this whole area of pitch black. It just mesmerizes you and it gives you hope that you're almost where you need to be. You see, when light shines... When the oiko shines, when the city is built on the hill, when houses begin to shine, it gives hope to those who are in darkness. For those looking for light, it's all these buildings shining. It's all this community shining. And they are shining in order to seek and save and bring hope to the lost jesus in you and through you in your window out your window as he's moving in your life through your life it's so that the lost can be found so that the lost can have hope it's why we exist church it's so that lost can be found in luke chapter 15 we get three parables and i want to highlight one of these parables for you it's in verse 8 through 10 or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one doesn't she light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she finds it she calls her friends and her neighbors together and say rejoice with me i have found my lost coin and in the same way i tell you there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents the whole idea is this, is that we must be desperate to start looking for the lost sheep so that they can see Jesus. We must be desperate to shine our light so that they, Jesus would be illuminated in their life. We are the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. That you are God's glory here on earth that you embody his goodness. Light is embodying his goodness here on earth so that the lost can be found, so that those who are hopeless can be seen. And as a oikos, and in our houses, and in our church, and in our community, we exist to not only shine light, but look at those who've diminished their light. Any of you have dimmer switches in your house? I love the dimmer switch. Ask Brandy, I put them everywhere. It's like, man, it's like the best. You know, you just set the mood, you know, you put, turn it down. So when you hit the light switch on, it doesn't like shock you. It's not real bright, you know, and then you just fade it up easy, right? You know, sometimes what happens is we forget to fade the dimmer switch up. That sometimes what will happen is, is the dimmer switch is low all the time. And we forgot that God wants to raise the dimmer switch up in your life. That we move in this place where we want the dimmer switch low because we've gotten used to the comfort of the bowl over our lamp. We've gotten used to the comfort of the basket over our lights. This is something that we get used to oftentimes and we get comfortable with. You know, it's interesting because one scholar would say this. That it is written that, 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 that the lamp on the stand was meant to shine in the room. But what would happen late at night is the people who, who wanted to do whatever was in their heart, the evil that was inside of them, they would take the lamp and they would put it under a bowl and it would create this dim light so that they could do whatever they wanted to do in darkness. You see, the person with the bowl over them, the light that's shining, uh, not shining, is the person who says, you know, I just want to do me. I just want to do whatever I want to do. I'm not going to shine my light. But I'm telling you, church, you're in a community for a reason. Because if you were alone and you weren't in church, you could go on living your life like that. We're in a community for a reason because the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that you are hiding your lights, but he'll also bring people to you and the Holy Spirit will will include other people in your life to remind you, oh, I guess you forgot. You're supposed to turn the dimmer switch up. You're supposed to shine. You got a bowl over you. There's a vessel over you. Let me help you take it off have you ever needed help taking off something that was on you and oppressing you have you ever needed help and needed somebody just to believe with you and believe for you that you could remove that obstacle so that you could be everything God called you to be I know I have I remember in 2019 September I was sitting there and I guess life just hit you know as it does I don't know if it was a catastrophic moment, but it was a moment that was built slowly. And I was in this place as I was ministering and pastoring and preaching and leading people and discipling. I just, I ended up in this coffee shop. I still remember to this day. And it was this coffee shop in this part of our city. And I was in there and I was all by myself. And I started looking at some different theological things and I got into a dissonance and it messed me up and I started just having this dissonance you know where you have two thoughts trying to hold them together at the same time and it moves you to a place of anxiety and depression and hopelessness and I locked up man locked up so badly I still remember it and I sat there and I couldn't talk to Brandy I couldn't articulate and I was just on the floor and I just didn't even want to move. I remember her coming next to me, sitting down, and she's just like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, you know. And I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes. I like, I can't talk. And she goes, you better figure this out. You better figure this out. You are God's. you got to figure this out. I want you to get this together. You can't keep going like this. And she just started speaking into me, and she challenged me in a way that wasn't all comfortable, I promise you. She's like, "Yeah, hey, you stop that. Sometimes you just got to say, stop it. She did it in a way where she started helping me lift the ball. You know, it's, it's funny. It's like, yeah. You know, t- thanks Josh I'll just keep going somebody's like lifting weights and you know it's like they're about to max out and you are like if you sit there like this oh come on buddy you got it you gonna get it it's gonna be so great champ you are so strong you think that person's gonna max out no, man, you need, like, some adrenaline. This, maybe I'm just speaking for the men in the room. But you're like, no, man, you need to cheer me up, slap me on the chest a couple of times. Say, you got it. Keep going. Come on, you can do this. You're yelling, spitting, saliva's going in your face and your eyeballs and all that stuff. Like, I'm going to do this. And you end up hitting a new PR or whatever. I'm telling you, man, our spiritual walk, your spiritual walk matters a lot more than your PR on the bench. It matters so much, you being a great husband, a great mom, a great friend. You're not compromising in college or high school. You say, I'm going all in for Jesus. I'm going to shine my light. I'm not going to let some bull go over who I'm called to be. I'm going to believe God. We're gonna believe God, church. Light the world is all about believing God for this city, for whoever's being oppressed, for whoever's depressed, whoever's hopeless, the light of God is gonna shine out of us and into them for the glory of God. It's gonna happen. And I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you're in a hard situation. Maybe you're in a tough situation. Maybe you're feeling worthless. Maybe you're feeling hopeless. Maybe you've made some mistakes that you really regret and you feel like you just keep making them. I want to tell you the grace of God has given you enough to win. The grace of God, not your own merit, the grace of the loving God who's compassionate for you has come down. He's modeled it and made a way. Jesus made a way. He's shown his light on us. So that we can reflect our light to other people. It's what God wants for you. You're gonna live and not die. You're gonna be great. God's gonna do it in you and through you in every way. If you would bow your head with me and close your eyes this morning. I'm so grateful for brandy that day. I believe that was a Proverbs 27:17 moment, iron sharpening iron moment for my life. I've had many of those moments in my life. I've needed many moments like that in my life. So the question now that I I give to you, that I lay out, do you have somebody like that who can be truly honest with you in your life? I want you to ask the Holy Spirit that question. God, is there anybody in my life who can speak into my life God is there anybody around who could speak but I've never given them permission I've never given them a place to help me lift to encourage me to sharpen me Holy Spirit thank you that you didn't leave us alone. And Lord, I know you're highlighting names and people, but if there's anybody in this room this morning, Jesus, I pray this morning that they would be able to come to the altar right after receiving communion, that they could ask for prayer and exchange a number with a pastor and believe, God, that you will show up. Father, come, renew, shape us. Remind us of our first love Jesus this morning amen would you stand with me as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning real quickly as we take communion you'll exit your right side come down and receive the elements by dipping the bread which represents his body into the juice which represents his blood and then partake of the elements and usher will dismiss starting from the back row to the front and we're going to just lift up a song this morning and worship but I want to bless these elements this morning Father I thank you for your body that was broken for us thank you Jesus Lord we couldn't shine without your body we couldn't shine without you You didn't leave us as orphans. You didn't leave us hopeless. But you gave yourself as a ransom to pay the price for our victory. So we come to the table in faith saying it's you, Jesus. It's always been you. It will always be you. Bless this body. Bless this bread. Bless this cup. Bless this juice for the forgiveness of sins. We are reminded. We thank you. We remember today who you are in Jesus' name.